Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get a new account with amazing odds boosts every single day. AJ, Jesse, Megan, Rudo, the whole crew here today to talk a little bit about some NHL awards because we're at the point of the year where uh, not every team, the Avs are only at 20 games, which is, you know, it's almost 25% of the way through the season, but just about every team's a quarter of the way through. So, you know, there's enough there to have a conversation about these types of things. Should be an interesting one. Some awards feel like they might be runaways already. Uh, some awards feel like it's anybody's game. So we'll see which way it goes on some of these. Uh, you guys want to start at the back and, and work our way forward or, or start at the forwards and work our way back? Start in that. Assuming that's what you mean by back. That is what I meant. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Look, if it ended today, would Georgiev be a a Vesna finalist? (laughs) I mean, I... I, I, (sighs) Let me say it this way. I think he's played like he deserves to be. Um... If he actually gets there, I don't know. The tough part for me is that I think that there would be four really obvious candidates for it. Yeah. Um, Georgiev, Hellebuck, Sorokin, and Olmark. And then last night happened. Didn't where them, for sure, where yeah. like Hellebuck and Georgiev went head to head. And instead of it being a really interesting goaltender duel, Georgiev had his worst game of the season and Hellebuck walked out with a 40 save shutout. So with the recency bias in consideration, I would say Georgiev this morning feels like fourth place there. But it's it's quite something that I feel bad about putting Georgiev in fourth place among NHL goaltenders. Yeah, that's my thing with it. He's for me. He's in the conversation. Um, yeah, if you were ending it today, does he actually get in on the top three? AJ lays out you know good points there, but really, I think I'm kind of at the same place where AJ is. That really, I think if you have him inside your top three or at four, that's pretty much right in line with kind of how I view it. Um, and that's that's nothing to be upset about. Like, you know, Kemper, I thought last year had like a top five-ish season despite 
getting a lot of uh, of flack. And uh, Georgiev, I think right now is a bit better than where Kemper was at. Megan think, knives out, or no? I think that's why it's feasible to me to imagine him in the conversation because after January, Kemper was talked about as a dark horse candidate for Vesna, and it wasn't a stretch of the imagination for Kemper then. And so I think with where Georgiev is at and how much season is left to be played, it still feels like a valid argument to make that I would put my backing behind, that he belongs in that conversation. There's still a lot of time left to see what placement he has in those rankings. Where I think Georgiev faces the biggest problem is that he's the goalie for the Avs. Yeah. And that's that's not like an anti-Colorado stance. That's a voters will punish good teams, uh, players on good teams kind of stance. Where if you look at the other two, Sorokin and Hellebuck are <clears throat> like vital parts who are like keeping deeply flawed rosters, um, you know, competitive or whatever. Like in the Jets case, they're right at the top of the central. Um and and like like people don't expect the Jets to really be there long term, and so you look at Hellebuck and you say, well, without Hellebuck, they wouldn't be there. And we know that with Georgiev, without Georgiev's brilliance, the Avs would probably be a 500 team right now, maybe worse. But the outside perception does not look at Colorado that way. They don't look at the injury issues. They don't look at any of that stuff and and say, you know, oh, the Georgiev is the main reason that the, this team is where they are because, as we'll get to later, Kale McCarr is, is, is still Kale McCarr. Nathan McKinnon is having the kind of season that he's having. Miko Rantanen is having the kind of season that he's having. So you look at Georgiev and you're like, okay, well, their normal star power is star powering out. Georgiev is kind of the quiet backbone of it, and I think that uh, it will be hard for him to fight that perception in particular. The The funny thing here is that Olmark is also backstopping a good team uh, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm shocked they're as good as they've been to start the year just because of their injury issues out the gate. But when a team is so good and they have a top goalie, it gets overlooked. So it's like... Oh, See, I well, actually disagree. Boston is incredible, in part because of their goalie. Colorado is expected to be good. They're really good. Okay, great. But I think I think Georgiev has a negative perception that he has to fight that anybody can go to Colorado and succeed. See, I, I, I disagree a little bit, because I actually think this is one of the few awards where people where, where the voters don't punish the player for the team they play on uh i mean just like looking back you've got vasilevsky the year they won the president's trophy mark andre Fleury, the year that they were second uh you know igor shesterkin who now you know he was on a good team last year but that was a lot him uh pecorine the year they went to the finals like I actually think this is one of those weird awards. You know, we all remember the Tuka Rask year where he beat out a much more deserving Semyon Varlamov for the reasons AJ, AJ was just listing. But I, I do think it's funny that historically, because AJ, you're like, I, I feel like you're spot on with every award except for Vesna for some reason 
team success doesn't bother voters the same way that it does for a lot of other awards. And you, you touched on, on Olmark and that was one thing I was going to, I was going to call out was, you know, I, I actually think one of the reasons why I think if it was, if people were voting on it today, uh, Georgiev would actually probably be on the outside is because they go, Oh, well, you know, Olmark's got his team in first place. So he's in there. Um, this is a, this one is a weird one that in my opinion, bucks some of those those normal trends that we see with um with some of the other awards at times so they did a uh nhl.com did a straw poll of these awards the other day and georgiev was seventh ah. please tell me they put a kira schmied on that straw poll they did not <laughs> unfortunate who who else was ahead of him besides who you said? Uh, the, I mean the usuals, right? Sure. Um, but you also had uh, uh, you had Ottinger in there, you had Hart in there, uh, Logan Thompson was in there, uh, and like and and this is where a guy like Logan Thompson or Vitek Vanacek uh, is going to have an advantage on Georgiev is that when you're on a surprise team, sure, you know a team that people pick to finish low in the standings. If you're on a surprise team and you, they're, oh, well, what's different about that team from this year to last year? It's the goalie. It's always the goddamn goalie. <laughs> so those guys always give Vesna votes too. Uh, and with Logan Thompson, it's like, oh, well, the team in front of him that everybody picked to be first place in the Pacific last year is healthy again and now playing. And he's been really good. Like, that's not even trying to take away from Logan Thompson just so Megan doesn't murder me, but (laughs) like Logan Thompson's been really good. But if you're going to try and tell me that Logan Thompson has been better than Alexander Georgiev, you're fucking high. So I guess my, my next question would be, is this sustainable for some of the guys you have ahead of Georgiev? Obviously, Hellebuck has been that guy before in his career. You look at Olmark, he's never really been this dude before. Uh, Granted, he hasn't really been in a starter role up until now. Uh, And then with Sorokin, doesn't have a particularly long track record. So is there some belief in these guys? And and Georgiev as well? Who do you believe in most? Certainly Sorokin. um, Because I think he's just shown over the last year i mean he was he was so good last year too he's only been really he's only been exceptional everywhere he's been um so i think sorokin is the real deal he's going to be a guy that they have to fight with them for but you know uh omar i, I, I like boston they're not going to continue to play at 850 <laughs> hockey He'll go as they go, I think. Well, and so he's hurt at the moment, and Swayman is in there. And it's like, okay, well, if, if they continue to win without Olmark, if if, if Swayman, uh, it, it, if they just keep rolling along with Swayman, it hurts Olmark's case because it's like, well, the other guy came in and was also great. So <laughs> this might just be a team environment thing. Uh, so that could that could really hurt him if if that continues up. Um, and and like I you know I do think that Boston will eventually take a dip, and we'll see where everything lies after that. Um, Ottinger, I, I mean, I've been a big 
Jake Ottinger believer for a long time. So I I would say that he's probably a guy that will be there in, in the end. Um, I don't think Logan Thompson and Carter Hart continue to stick around a couple of their a couple of their numbers when I looked at them, I was like, these feel pretty unsustainable. So, uh, and I think with Hart, it's already started. Um, and, and Philly in general, after that fun, hot start that they have, it's kind of like, okay. But A lot of the hot start teams have way cooled off. Yeah. Vanacek is one that you wonder about because I do think I was the believer of the Devils uh, coming into the season. Not at this level, obviously, but... Uh, I, I do think that the Devils are pretty good, and so Vanacek is a guy that could could continue to hang around as long as they continue to win. Um, and then you do wonder about guys, you know, where is Igor Shesterkin going to fit into this? We're only a quarter of the way through the season. you got 75% of the season to go here. Uh, counting out Igor Shesterkin sure feels like uh, foolhardy at this point, so... I don't think we've seen the last of that dude even this year. So I'm, we'll we'll see. But I, I'm, and I do believe Georgiev is the real deal in Colorado. So I, it's just looked too good. And games like last night felt so weird with him playing as poorly as he did. You're just like he just hasn't he just hasn't played like this very often. I think the way I evaluate this list of goaltenders, what my expectation is for them moving forward, has a lot to do with my expectation for the team that's playing in front of them. Can they sustain how they've been playing so far? Are there reinforcements on the way? What is the status of the injuries on that team presently? And there are some teams that have more injuries than others. Obviously, I'm most familiar with what's going on with the Avalanche, and I expect reinforcements to be on the way to Georgiev, who's already played well behind a crippling, injured Avalanche team and so I expect that Georgiev can sustain this and build upon this throughout the course of the season because reinforcements are on the way but for some of these other teams like a Boston I think that's a team that is competitive because it does genuinely have good pieces but I don't know that a lot of reinforcement is on the way for example so I think they'll stabilize I think they'll continue to be competitive and so I think that goaltender uh, Mark is going to be in that conversation for the foreseeable future too but it's different like looking at even what's going on with Hellebuck uh, and the Winnipeg Jets. I think that that's a team that's also going to stabilize in ways. I think for right now, the biggest injury out of their team is Ehlers, and I think he'll return later in the season, uh, but I just don't know what kind of an impact that's going to have on how competitive this team can be for the rest of the season. Whereas well, Ehlers pretty good, but... Yeah, but he's a single like, person. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like It's like... Is Gabe Landeskog going to magically fix all of Colorado's second-line issues? No, but Gabe Landeskog, Val Nachushkin, and Evan Rodriguez sure could. Well, look, at the, <laughs> look at the impacts of those players, right? Gabe Landeskog, one of the F's best defensive forwards. Val Nachushkin, one of the F's best defensive forwards. On the back end, Bowen Byram, one of the F's better defensive defensemen. Mm-hmm. The Avs are getting a lot of players back in a month or two or whatever down the line that should make their goaltender's job easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the they're giving up around 35 shots per game right now, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, that's You don't expect that that will continue. Um, with your two best... Their, their, their two best defensive forwards are Landis Kog and Natushkin. 
they're they're certainly their best two way guys going against other teams' top competition, and it, it, just the Darren Helm for you know what Jason Magna I guess just pick a guy, Jason Magna Jean Luc Foodie whatever like just pick any of these guys that would otherwise be in the AHL. Uh, Darren Helm for that guy is a min max defensively, and like that's why he's in the lineup as his defensive acumen. Evan Rodriguez was off to a great two-way start this year. Uh, so defensively, the Avs, the Avs have so much more room for improvement that uh, it the job should get a lot easier. How does, the, how does he handle that, though? Because we've talked about it in the past. That's a different environment. When you're seeing 33, 35 shots per night, you're in a certain rhythm, and you're the starter every day. You're in a certain rhythm all the time. What happens when he goes nine minutes without seeing a shot on goal? You know, and, and it's happening every night. You know, what happens the you know, opening night this year, you know, the 17 shots on goal. Now, we're not going to say that that's the expected norm for Colorado, but it's a lot more like 25 than 35. Is is kind of like the 25 to 28 range is kind of where you want to see Colorado. Colorado has built themselves for it to that to be the goal, for it to be in the in the mid to, to high twenty range in shots. And if that's the case, like his job gets a lot easier, but it also gets a lot harder for him to produce the fancy goalie stats that we use a lot now. You know the the goal save above expected. Well, if you're only if you're only giving if you're only seeing you know twenty five shots. You're only seeing five high danger chances. Your expected goals against is going to be like 1.5 every night or something like that. It's going to be really low. So if you give up two goals, you're losing ground. You're you're a negative in that game, which so, is a crazy thing to believe. Like it's like Jesus. Like come on, that's would would you say that Georgiev could take over this award? Really, this is how you want to do this. <laughs> Uh, if you guys didn't know, on December 17th, which also happens to be my birthday, we are doing an avalanche takeover of Ball Arena. It includes a party bus to and from the event. You can get your tickets now at the DNVR locker if you want to sign up. Uh, it's it's tickets to the game. It's also a bus ride there, and then it's a bus ride back to the bar. We can all party, have a great time against Nashville on December 17th. Uh, come party for Rudo's birthday, if if nothing else. Uh, you can also get discounted tickets if you are a diehard member with DNVR. So another great reason to become a diehard with us at thednvr.com. Highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Takeover was an absolute blast. Last time, I took off my shirt and spun it around like crazy in the arena, and that wasn't even my birthday. So who knows what's going to happen this time. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Uh, also, will be lots of Breck Brew drunk at this event. So we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Well, not brought to you. We're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, but one of our longtime sponsors, Breckenridge Brewery. You can get all sorts of different kind of Breck Brews at your local liquor store. Check it out online at breckbrew.com. And, of course, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up for a new account with them, 
Uh, you can get a DNVR code in there, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their next game. And if they do, you get $150 in free bets. So check that out. You can also bet on parlays. You can bet on all sorts of ridiculous sports. You can bet on the World Cup as that continues to go on into the elimination rounds here. Uh, I don't. Are, are you guys betting on the U.S.? I'm not, but you know, it could be fun. What the fuck kind of un-American shit is that? Of course, I'm betting on the U.S. Right. Look, making money is the most American thing I can think of. So <laughs> true. <laughs> Bit of a tough spot on that one. Either way, head over to DraftKings. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, of course, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting into the defenseman. Is this Eric Carlson's award to lose at this point? No. It's Kel McCarr's award to lose. I mean, he won it last, but who is the front runner? It's got to be EK, right? No. <laughs> okay, let's hear with someone who has some actual thoughts. What? <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, right now it is. Like, how? I mean, like, who else would you say is ahead of him right now? It's it's Carlson. Megan tiebreak. Wow. I didn't know he was on this much of a tear. Like I knew it was like a resurgence. What had happened to Eric Carlson this season? And I didn't realize he's taken off at least offensively as much as he has. Um, he's got five games in hand on Kale McCarr though. It still feels like it's Kale McCarr's to lose. The storyline for Carlson, I especially if he can continue to produce the way that he is, is really compelling. I couldn't deny that, but we just know what Kale McCart is capable of up close firsthand. I would never discount that guy. Right, but, it, but, but the conversation is if you're voting today, you had to vote today. Is McCart even a Carlson. finalist if you vote today? <laughs> what yeah. the fuck world am I in I right now? Say. I was going to say, that's a, Dorsey, that's a pretty right? wild take. Not Josh, yeah. but you have Carlson. I think you probably have Darlene. You're probably putting Makar in that third spot, but like you could put Fox there. Fox is there right now, today. He's there. I wouldn't <laughs> feel comfortable with that. Y'all go ahead and send your hate that way. <laughs> AJ doesn't even want to be a part of this conversation anymore. Absolutely not. <laughs> AJ would still have Makar at one, huh? That's yes. how it is? Yes. You know why? Because we saw Kale Makar won with a 10-point deficit in points last year because defense matters in this award. And, and Eric Carlson's defense is as bad as ever. He is a bottom-tier defender in his own zone. He gets rocked. He gets rocked defensively. He's having, and the resurgence is fun. He should be a finalist. Eric Carlson suddenly being like God tier offensive defenseman again is awesome. 
It's great for the league. It's not so great for the Sharks, but it's great for the league. Like I'm all about the storyline, but as a, as a for to win the Norris, you can't be a zero percent defensively. You're it, it, you just can't. I won't. I won't. I I will never give that unless I will tell you unless that guy has like fifty more points than the next closest guy. Uh, then maybe then maybe we're in that room. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it right now. Camp Eric Carlson only has a seven point lead on the next closest guys. And there are, he's he's got twenty five games played, so his numbers are like big time numbers. I know the best I'm, point I'm not, for game rates. I understand. I'm not giving it to him though. I'm just not giving it to him. Um, Fair no. enough. Sell me on why not Darlene then. You could give it to Rasmus Darlene. He's the shit. Like, he's <laughs> he's been awesome this year. Like he really has been awesome this year. But okay. I guess I guess this is where this is where look I'll be I'll be like super pro Colorado fanboy on this one. But Kel McCarr is everything for the Abs when they play well. It's because he's played well. Very rarely do the Abs win on a night where Kel McCarr is not being a superstar caliber of player. And you're talking about one of the best teams in the league. Now, granted, obviously we've talked about the injuries and they're a compromised version of them of of, of what they will eventually be right now. But Kale's in all situations this year. He's played a ton of PK minutes. He's played the top power play minutes. He's playing a shitload at even strength, sometimes with guys that other fans will have never even heard of. You know, guys guys that are just coming up from the AHL and, you know, he's he's got fucking Jacob McDonald hanging around right now trying to sink the ship. Like, I, I tell you, man, he's done everything for them. He's been everything for them. And that's why I'm just I'm just giving it to him. But if you really wanted to make an argument for Rasmus Tallinn, I'm cool with that. He has been really awesome. Okay. Fair enough. Rex is quite angry about this conversation in the background. That's that's <laughs> because he understands this should be this is Kale McCarr. <laughs> Somebody gonna have to pry it away from his cold dead fingers. Well, okay. the, that that thing is staying in Denver for the next half decade. No, I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it to anybody else. Thankfully, still a lot of time in the in the season for a little bit of course correction here and there. Not that Makar has been been bad. He's certainly in the conversation, but I'm just certainly not convinced that the voters would be giving it to him right now. Uh, you would be correct. Um, because like again, how the question was framed. That that straw poll that they did. Uh, Eric Carlson was first. Second place was McCarr. Third place was Dolly. I mean, second place is not bad. I think we could all agree we'd want it to be Kel McCarr. Somebody oh, gave sure. a first place vote to Hampus Lindholm, though. So you're always going to have those well, fucking guys to watch. That out is, for. it is a straw poll at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely so, high. Confidence that Makar will be a finalist at the end of the year, at very least. I know AJ's all sunshine and rainbows over there, but let's be a little bit realistic. A hundred percent, dude. He's gonna okay. be he's gonna be there. The the thing the thing that uh, voter fatigue hasn't set in yet with Kale Makar, and here's the other part of it. Kale Makar, people love the guy. They yeah. love the guy. Okay? Like He's incredible to watch. He does everything for a great team. For all the reasons that I'm worried about Georgiev being overlooked, 
They all all the shit works in his in Makar's favor. Everybody loves Kale Makar. Yeah. Now the voter fatigue thing I think is it is funny and we've talked about it in years past. Um you know, I mentioned the Varley year where he finished second in the Vesna voting and and like ob- like objectively he should have he should have won. But it was like voters just going waves every now like last year it was going to take something incredible for Kale McCarr to not win the Norris. It was just kind of his turn and he had a outstanding season. Mm-hmm. Um, and like AJ's right. Like the voters still really like him. He's still kind of like the shiny new toy. Um, we'll get to heart. I, I think he's got one of those in his future. Um, I'm just looking at this. I, I agree with you guys. I think by the end of the season, I, I I believe it will be Kale McCarr. I think he's the best defenseman in the league by a a growing margin, and that includes Adam Fox, that includes Victor Hedman, um, all of that. But um, by the end of the year, I, I think this is his award again. But if you're making me vote on it right now, AJ, you're not wrong about the defensive side of the game. I just think what Eric Carlson has done to start this season after his career was buried, it's been, it's been super impressive for me. Uh, I do want to move. I will say the dark horse there is Charlie McAvoy because he's producing a crazy amount. Of sure. Points. Just doesn't have the games yet. Yeah. By the um, end of the year, I think we'll look yeah. back and be like the first 15 games or whatever. Like, will that be a differentiating factor at the end maybe but keep an eye on charlie mcavoy because that guy is fucking awesome uh i do want to move away from the abs conversation a little bit here with the calder talk is if you don't believe in ek running away with his award do you believe with matt believe in maddie benears running away with the calder yes okay <laughs> i i struggle to see who can compete with him maybe a michelli or a perfetti can get into that conversation no <laughs> You get beyond that, uh, Kent Johnson, Kalen uh, no. Addison. It's it's a stretch to to get outside of those three, really. I think Cole Perfetti is going to be the number one guy who suffers when Nikolai Ehlers comes back. Yeah, uh, and so that's the that's the biggest roadblock for Perfetti uh, sticking around. I think I, in that conversation, in terms of hanging with Maddie Beniers as a potential winner, um, I I think Perfetti's got a just as good a shot as anybody to be a finalist. But uh, I think Matty Beneers is probably going to run away from this, uh, from the pack with this one. And everyone else is fighting for second place. Okay. Fair My enough. guy to watch though is Jack Quinn, because I keep having fantasy hockey dreams about him. And so that tells me <laughs> that he's about, he's about to take flight. All right, sell all your stock in Jack Quinn. Confirmed. I, I man, Owen Power. When I watch him play, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I've always been so lukewarm on him, and then he shows up in the NHL, and I'm like, hey, about sh- it. This guy's good, <laughs> but we'll see. I don't. Know, but the the Sabers are so fun to watch right now that I could just pick the Sabers. Just give the Sabres organization the Calder Trophy. Yeah. It's fine. 
They should be rewarded for playing all those kids and not wasting time on retread veterans. <laughs> At least they're fun. <laughs> Uh, we are brought to you by Game Time. If you go down into the description of this video, there's a link right there where you can go over to Game Time and join over 15 million people who have gotten their tickets for deals up to 60% off list price. So it's a great way to go see an Avs game, which tickets are not cheap, by the way. So you might want to come on a party bus because you get a really good deal. Other stuff there. But Game time can hook you up countrywide. Doesn't matter what city you're in, they have tickets to all of the sporting events in your area. So be sure to use that link down in the description. That helps us out a little bit too when you download their app through that link. Again, game time, super awesome way to get tickets all the way around. A bunch of people have used it in the company. If you're not looking for high price events the way the ABS are, they, the company got tickets for $1 per person to go to Coors Field. So. Obviously not going to Coors Field now, but when springtime rolls around, <laughs> you're basically going to the best bar in town for free. Just that sounds right. Uh, so check out Game Time. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Should we plug that takeover again? <laughs> Get on the party bus. Come to the takeover. So, it's so it's the best that mom doesn't yell at us. <laughs> Do you call her stepmom? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Allie's not here. Yeah, well, because Allie's pod bomb, so. We can have two moms. Yeah. I mean, is she the mother in law? Is that the. Mom and step- <laughs> I, I think pod stepmom is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hope she's listening and not still trying to get the TVs to work. That would be fun. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings for Sportsbook. The award that the has eluded the Avs for these this entire era, <laughs> essentially. We talked about the best now already. Uh, this one's a heart trophy, though. It, today, I don't think the Avs are coming all that close to winning this award. But... Miko Rantanen, he's within 10 points of Connor McDavid. Even if you like Connor McDavid, boy, has Jason Robertson been good this year. <laughs> do, do you have Miko? I don't even think you have him as a finalist right now, probably, but is he at least in the conversation? Uh, to be honest, for me, for me, I, I don't think either of these two are finalists, but I, I think you could make an argument that both Miko and Nate have had heart finalist caliber seasons so far. Um, again, and this is the part that it makes it hard because this doesn't get considered in voting. And it'll be different by the time the end of the year comes and the voting is actually taking place. Uh, but I want to make sure that those two guys, along with Kale McCarr, and then we talked at length about Georgiev earlier. Uh, I hope we are doing a good enough job of giving them the credit they deserve for doing what they're doing, given what this roster looks like right now. And given that the abs are sitting where they're sitting, I think league-wide – for people that don't pay super close attention to them, it's like, oh, yeah, the abs are supposed to be there. 
What's that? They got some injuries. Well, yeah, they're still they're You know, they're good. They're supposed to be the top of the league. But, you know, Brendan McNicholas, uh, the Avs' outstanding head of PR, always has the craziest stats, um, was talking about the, this is the team's best start since Patrick Waugh's first year behind the bench. Um, basically running on Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Kale McCarr. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's very impressive. So if we were voting today, no, probably neither of those guys are, are even in the top three, but, uh, I absolutely think they have had that caliber of season, uh, at least now, whatever we are just about two months in, um, uh, I think they should be in that conversation, even though they probably wouldn't be. Okay. The end. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> I uh, so, honestly, you could maybe even put McCarr in there too if you really you, like. You definitely, probably could. Uh, I are you guys both comfortable with McDavid and Robertson as finalists? Then, and it's kind of just that third spot. I am. It's it's hard to unseat if not McDavid, then Drysaddle right behind him, playing alongside him, just because of how productive they are together. And Robertson, he's just good. I think this is – I expected him to have this season. When he signed the contract that he did, I thought it was such a steal for Dallas. And I expected yeah. him to take a step forward. Like, I don't know if it's this sustainable, but I expected him to be very good this season. So I think he'll be able to keep it up for the most part. Uh, so I think that will stay competitive for Robertson specifically. Look, if, if you're in, – in my opinion, we're – you know, a quarter of the way through the season, and unfortunately, the Edmonton Oilers have proved me right again. The, the, this, the first year they proved me right. I wasn't burned by them this year. They're just, again, another two-man team. McDavid is, without a doubt, the most important player to his team in the NHL. Uh, like, if it's not for him, that team is six, seven games below 500. Um to me, it, like if everyone's being honest with themselves and like true to the award, which no one it's is, McDavid, right, right. It, it, like I, it's it's McDavid for the foreseeable future until he leaves Edmonton because th- that team will just perennially be a joke. I, and if he's not there driving the bus, reality or not, let's live in a world where there's some Edmonton voter fatigue on this award here. You have Nikita Kucherov up there. You probably have David Posternock up there, I, too. He's my three. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, between them, and then you kind of get into Miko McKinnon territory after that, probably. Tage Thompson. <laughs> I, I mean, where? how do you guys feel about Eric Carlson and this one? Like, can a guy get an MVP award when he's on a bottom feeding team that isn't any good at all? Can no, yes. no matter how good a year he's had, like, can he have an MVP award when you're when you finish twenty eighth in the league? I... So you're so you have a don't make the playoff cutoff, like when Nathan McKinnon that year with Taylor Hall, and it was like he they have to make the postseason otherwise. I don't think I don't think that they for me I I wouldn't say they have to make the playoffs but they have to at least like be there. I'm, they have I'm to they have to 
like if you miss the playoffs, if you miss the playoffs by like two points or something, and you've and and the primary reason is is that guy, like a, a, an example could be Kirill Kaprizov this year, not last year on the team that comfortably made the postseason, but a team that will could be scratching and clawing for a postseason spot, and Kaprizov is like far and away the only reason that that team is not. <laughs> you know, full on tank mode. Like but See, but oh, we are we do agree that a guy like Carlson San Jose is too bad for Carlson to that combo. I don't agree. I, I I don't mind it if the MVP's on a team like that. However, I don't think it will be Carlson just because if he keeps up his current production, like if this sustains the entire year, it might be a conversation. But for a defenseman to win the MVP they just truly have to do something unbelievable. Kill McCarr like. Okay, but <laughs> even if even if they do something unbelievable and that team finishes twenty eighth out of thirty two, yeah, I don't care. So you say how good like, the player like, is. So so if if Eric Carlson not only like kept this pace, but like even stepped it up a bit, finished yeah. the season with like one hundred and ten points. Yeah, I would on, give it to on him. the twenty eighth. Really? Yeah. Don't don't care if. The Nashville's the worst team. They could finish thirty second if he's that good. He's the MVP. So what, see, Rudo, what you're okay, well, looking if he's for? He's on Nashville. Nice, something crazy happened. Nice, oh, San Jose. Sorry. You're you're looking for a nice Ted Lindsay award. That's what you're. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, the award everyone really cares about. Uh, you have to be you have to be valuable to your team. Simply scoring a bunch of points. Well, if you're is no good, you're of no I mean, value. You're there's just an argument that just McDavid that. has no value. Then by that logic, well, that team's no, going to be in the postseason. Yeah, I was going to say because he's the only thing that keeps them relevant. If it's not for him, they're down there with the Sharks. Eric Carlson isn't keeping the Sharks any more relevant. He's just a fun story. I mean, he's keeping now. them from being the laughing stock of the world. He's arguably like is he? way more valuable to the Sharks than a very good player is to a team that's a playoff team. How do you make that argument but, though? Because uh, they're uh, still going to lose fifty plus games this year. Yeah, I mean, like you could get into so an the difference. Like, the difference in value is he's keeping them from a top pick or something. So I it's mean, not actually valuable, but well, and and not even viewing it from the valuing a draft pick, but how valuable is a guy that is the difference in a team being twenty eighth or twentieth? Yeah. You know, like you could you, like that's where that's where Carlson Kaprizov could could come in because Kaprizov, his team could be 20th a little bit. But if if Carlson has a 110 point season and they finish 28th. Who cares? Shit. Yeah, no, I'm gonna it doesn't it feels it feels like empty numbers to me. There's got to be giving an MVP award feels like the team's got to be competitive. Like, obviously this is like a total hypothetical, whatever, but the the team has to be competitive. The MVP should go to the most valuable player in the league. And, and I don't know how you argue value for a team that's not competitive because it doesn't like, because how much worse that would they be without Eric Carlson? I guess not that much worse because they're already 28th. I don't So they would go from 28th to 32nd? Stop stop looking at it as, all they only moved up four spots. Start looking at it as how much worse would their season have been and felt without the guy? How much would it have felt? How much worse would it have felt? What the fuck? Look, the reality is last place seasons aren't created equal, all right? There's a reason everyone references the Avs 48-point season. 
Because we well, all no, lived the, through the, every the, inch of that. The, the question oh. isn't how much better would the team have been. It's, it's like how, mu- how many wins did this player account for? How, how, how much higher up in the standings, how many more games would you have won, you know, or, or would you have lost without this player? And for me, Eric Carlson, he could score five goals in a night. The Sharks will probably still lose eight to five. It's like those are just – it's empty calories. It means – Nothing. It's it's entertaining. It's fun. It's good mean, okay. Him. If he scores it, it, five goals a night, I would probably give him MVP. <laughs> I said in, in a night. In a night. I, yes, I think I you guys aren't valuing creating competitive hockey enough. I would put it that way. But 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 that's the point. The point I'm making is it's not competitive hockey. It yeah. certainly wouldn't goal. be if they didn't have Eric Carlson. It's it, still it not. It's, it's still not. It he has had. He has had an unbelievable start, and they've won eight of twenty-five games. Yeah. <laughs> right, but those games right. have been competitive because of him, instead of just blowout after blowout. They have a negative thirteen goal differential, man. They've won two out of sixteen home games. Yeah, Fourteen I, home games. They're still fucking terrible. Exactly, but... they're terrible, man. <laughs> but they'd be way more terrible. Without See, like I said, so girl, they'd be terrible. The Ted Lindsay Award is exactly what you're looking for a, a um, bottom a bottom guy who has 15 ties on the year and was really good, but his team sucks. Most outstanding player, good for him. He had a great season. Megan, I'm still awake. Guy. I think we should talk about AAA hockey instead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. AJ, you missed it. Bruno and I almost got got the beatens last night for not giving the Thunderbirds enough credit for producing NHL talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you mean? I mean we're not going down this road. They're Colorado's <laughs> they're Colorado's best program, man, and they don't okay. produce shit. <laughs> they don't produce shit? Yeah. We should end the what show here. Who's <laughs> the last NHL player to come from the Thunderbirds program? Roy Terry. Okay, there's one. Dylan Gambrell. I'll be honest. Apparently, I don't think Mikey that I do. Mikey, uh, Mikey apparently, one. this is how it got spurred on. It was from the broadcast too, and then talking about Mikey. So, uh, no, so the Twins kids, the Hayduks kids, what are kids? Talking about AJ was. Uh, while all those dudes got produced by NHLers, pretty much all of them went to they the USNTDP before hand. Okay, but this is just the trajectory of hockey. They this is the age yes. group that it came to. They go on to something else after that. But they yes, went that, through the program. And Colorado doesn't have anything after that. That's the problem. Yeah, we need a but USHL the, team. The Thunderbirds. Like you can't blame the Thunderbirds oh. for not having Guys, feed into. We need a we need a USHL team. Let's get the money together and let's get let's have Brandon buy one for us, and right. we will run it. Brandon Can they play will... on a yacht? We don't need a man. Look, we could put a we could put a yacht in the stands. It can be our party deck. <laughs> so AJ, the way this conversation started last night was: Do you feel any extra attachment to players who are from Colorado? Yes. Interesting. Okay. See, well, Rudo and I both said no. And we said the reason for that was because any of the kids that by the time they become anything of noteworthy to start following, they've already left Colorado. And that led to the no, they come out of Thunderbirds. And it, we kind of went down uh, this whole thing. I guess it, I would say I, 
like, I guess Troy Terry doesn't feel like one of us because he's a duck, right? But, like, if he, say Troy Terry gets into free agency and he signs, what is our number one thing that we talk about? Oh, yeah, we had see, this Troy Terry's coming home. And see, Jesse yeah. and I said we don't care where they're from. And, and, and I, I mean, I think, I think was... it's a bigger deal. Oddly enough, I think it would be a bigger deal because Colorado doesn't produce NHL talent like Minnesota does or Massachusetts or Michigan or whatever. Like, it's weird to me that Minnesota feels entitled to all Minnesota players when there's like a hundred of them in the NHL. But, like, Colorado producing an NHL player, you know, I think is super cool because it doesn't happen very often. So, like, I don't, I guess I guess if they were a Thunderbird and then they also went to DU, like Troy, like Troy Terry. Like, or the Slavens um, at Colorado College. I'm, okay, sure, sure. Like, yeah. See, I, 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 when I said AJ last night. Hmm. I don't know. I, I got to think about this. I don't know how I feel. So I, I don't I think we should go on this tangent because I'm already getting angry again. <laughs> I said that Troy Terry was oh. actually one of the few that I did feel that way because he's from Highlands Ranch. I'm also from Highlands Ranch. It's a small little suburb. Like that's when it's like, oh yeah, this, this kid from the same community that I grew up in, like that's cool. Now I would also feel differently if Colorado had like a USHL team and you had a kid that went from the Thunderbirds to the USHL team, then played at DU, and then found it's like yeah, then that's got drafted by the Abs, right? Well, and, and like I used the example last night of like Philip Lindsay. He went to East, he went to CU, and then he played for the Broncos. It's like yes, that's a true homegrown Colorado kid, yeah. and you just the nature of the sport you don't get that as much with hockey. Like, oh yeah, it's a Colorado kid until he went and played with the Chicago Steel for three years. Well, maybe that's maybe that's part of what Minnesota does do really well is that they grow up in a really competitive high school hockey scene and they go to you know, they go to the U or they go to Duluth or they go to Minnesota State, you know. They go to one of the really like one of several really good college programs and they spend the first twenty years in Minnesota growing up playing hockey. Like Everything right. about them as a hockey product is Minnesota produced. I, Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, after they leave the Thunderbirds, uh, most of the Colorado kids will disperse and go yeah. elsewhere. I, I think a fair amount of the Minnesota high school kids do a year or two in the USHL before they go to the NCAA. Well, there's there's a ton of them. So, yeah. So I there's like a similar conversation. I think it's okay not to credit the Thunderbirds as the development program that developed these talents but I think it's okay to note too that a fair amount of players in the American and National League were from the Thunderbirds I would also like to point out at no point did we ever say we actually had beef with the Thunderbirds ILY they were like we're going to fight all of the former (laughs) Thunderbird players families (laughs) if you you could murder a Thunderbird like you versus the mythical creature of a Thunderbird could you fight one to the death and win no. <laughs> I asked I asked if how many six and under Thunderbirds players you thought you could fight off, but they didn't. Are they coming at me in waves or at one time? <laughs> Do they have gear it's, on? Or what is the environment in which we are scrapping? It's up to I you. Feel, see, it's I feel confident thing. I could take some six year olds, but see, it's the same thing with how many first graders. Like 
if you yeah. if, if you back them into a a narrow corner, you're they're coming at you one two at a time. Like you could go for a while. Like yeah. swarming you from every angle yeah you got ones like biting your ankles and you got one like hanging off <laughs> like coming after your ear and like and then you know you yeah. no nah, man that's that's a that's a tough ask but uh yeah. i mean it's you, very zombie apocalypse up in this bitch? before yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh before megan she hulks out on us i wanted to bring something up that I, in what will be the year of our lord 2023 is lindy ruff going to win uh coaching award no because his goalie's not good enough yet <laughs> vtech okay. manichek's not gonna chase him it's monty uh more jim montgomery talk of course she's right <laughs> I, I was gonna say I don't, of all things for you to say i'm just kidding that is not the one <laughs> i yeah. just feel like I, monty's I've there really hard in the paint for like colorado related ties today and <laughs> down a little bit I, for the last look, 18 the, hours. Boston is 19 and 3, New Jersey is 19 and 4. It's Monte. <laughs> okay, ask again tomorrow and it might yeah. be uh, it might be done. <laughs> yeah, Lindy Ruff might have caught him, but <laughs> it's Monte right now. Fair enough. Uh any any final thoughts on awards or then we'll get out of here? How many how many Thunderbirds do you think you could take with the awards as weapons? <laughs> get through me first. None. <laughs> None. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. The bottom of that MVP trophy is pretty solid. <laughs> well, those little soft spots up? aren't. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to wrap this show up. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us on an off day. We will be back tomorrow to uh, watch the Avs game, pregame, watch along, postgame, the whole nine for you. So be sure to tune into that. Like and subscribe here on YouTube. If you want the party bus tickets, go get them because they probably are going to go pretty quick. Uh, there's It's pretty limited seating already. So be sure you go get it from the DNBR locker. Uh, we love y'all and we will talk to you tomorrow. 